Customers are rushing to your store. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a mm, real POS? You need Shopify for retail. Shopify POS is your command center for your retail store. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. With Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into the one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Connect with customers in line and online. Shopify helps you drive store traffic with plug and play tools built for marketing campaigns from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. Get hardware that fits your business. Take payments by smartphone, transform your tablet into a point of sale system, or use Shopify's POS Go mobile device for a battle-tested solution. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash theathletic, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash theathletic to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash theathletic. The Athletic. Hello all and welcome to the 72nd edition of On The Ball, a Norwich City podcast from The Athletic. I'm Michael Bailey. I hope this finds you safe and well. On the way, heir apparent, one change to rule them all and Royals departure. We will work through all this and more with our guests this fine evening. Our own Scottish maestro, commentator and journalist, although he's also got a new solo project on the go, so I may not be able to call him our own anymore. Stuart Hodge. (laughs) Ah, Michael, I always belong to you first. Yeah, it's exciting times with a new project, but uh, I'm still a commentator first and foremost. (laughs) Top man. Uh, And also with us this evening, Norwich fan, groundhopper and assistant editor at Footy Magazine when Saturday comes, Fionn Thomas. Oh yeah, Michael. Thank you so much for joining us, uh, everybody. Much appreciated as always. Uh, Fionn, I'll come to you first. How are you doing? How's it been the last few weeks or since we last had you on? It's been busy, hasn't it? Uh, Yeah, lots going on in the world of uh, Norwich and football generally and and building up to the Euros. UEFA finally deciding their... uh, UEFA uh, Euros fixtures, so we can actually make our wall chart at work. So that's been uh, that's been keeping me busy. Exciting, is it? So is it a proper wall chart? We're writing things in. Oh yes. Yeah, I've got in my mind the uh, the league ladders because I think they've done had a renaissance. Oh no, so. no, this yeah, this uh, there'll be there'll be space to write in all the Beautiful. scores. Don't worry. Well done. Um, uh, you must be missing the ground hopping as well. Or have you been able to do some recently? You're allowed to go to very sort of low level grassroots with certain rules. So I went to uh, Norton Athletic, which is near Loddon in South North which is basically on a farm and it was very enjoyable <laughs> that, that was where I was when we got promoted actually that was on that Saturday afternoon so oh. I, I was at a game when we got promoted just not a Norwich game we see that's going to have a special place in your heart there Norton Norton Athletic was it indeed yeah oh fantastic uh give give Fionn uh Instagram a follow because it's uh, it's lovely the places Fionn gets to go to um Stu how are you doing I, I sense you've been busy why just a bit Michael um I've been commentating 
lots of EFL football, which has been great, including a couple of really exciting Wickham games, one of which had an Adibayo Akinfenwa stutter step up penalty. And <laughs> uh, I've also launched Hodge on Nudge, mate. Um, it is launched. Is- Yes, it has launched. The detonation has started of the Hodgie the Hack explosion. So it's exciting. Um, but I must say, it's totally different from what we do on here. So hopefully that gives an alternative, but not a rival. Well, as long as you invite me on, that's all mate, that's really you'll important. you'll be on. Of course you're on the list early doors, mate. I love it. Well, we, we, we missed Hodge spot, really. So um, I, can, I, can, you know, I can imagine that being... What happened to that? Like, I, I mean, was there, some, was there some acne cream applied to the Hodge spot? Like, Absolutely gone? not. No, I think uh, we just we just enjoyed you having 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 you on in person, which is which has been uh, which has been lovely. So that's great. Well, look, when can you give us a hand of when it might you know the first Hodge or Nodge might come uh, out? When should people keep all, an eye all, all being well, all being well, very very soon. <laughs> Listen to him. Well, um, follow Stu on on uh, on Twitter, which is Hodgey the Hack. You can do it everywhere now at Hodgey the Hack. H O D G E Y the Hack. There you go. And you'll be able to see exactly what Stu's up to. Um, if it's anything like all these videos uh, promoting it, it's going to be fantastic. So there we go. Another dose. It's all downhill for you here, mate. <laughs> Don't say that, doesn't it? Another dose of wonderful content from Hodgy. Um, brilliant. Well, um, before we crack on, uh, right now you can subscribe to The Athletic for a special price of £3.99 per month for six months. That's 40% off the full price of a subscription. You'll enjoy great analysis and in-depth features from the very best football writers around, as well as ad-free versions of all our podcasts podcasts so go to the athletic.com forward slash norwich pod to take advantage of this special 40 percent discount that is the athletic.com forward slash norwich pod well i tell you what let's uh, crack on shall we with this week's headline act now it was uh, fullbacks galore as norwich city won at queen's park rangers their uh, record breaking for the second tier uh, 15th away win of the season although I, does that really count if there are no away fans <laughs> I, not really for me um but the thing that caught my mind uh, because nothing else has really happened Norwich is still promoted they're still not champions Watford have joined them so that's exciting for them um but the thing that caught my mind is that you know two of Norwich's three goals were scored by fullbacks at the weekend in terms of um, Xavi Quintilla and Max Ahrens and yet Potentially, neither of those fullbacks, as important as that role is, Fion, for Norwich and Daniel Farker, um, may be at the club next season. I guess that's in very different circumstances for each of them. But um, is that a bit of a downer with where Norwich are at the moment, or is it just part of the process for you, Fion? I think we have to accept it's part of the process. Um, if you know, we, we it's 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 obviously disappointing when you lose your best players but we we bang on about being a self-funded club and this is what that is when you know max is an absolute star uh you know he, he he's now for he's just been nominated for efl young player of the year for the second time in in three seasons um and i feel slightly like we maybe take for granted uh how consistent he has been um and yeah uh it's it, we kind of have to have to go with it and i i I would be happy to see him go if he was going to somewhere where he was really going to kick on and progress, um, you know, hopefully a Champions League level club, because I really think he's good enough for that. Um, And that's obviously, you know, what he wants to do. That's his ambition. And he didn't have to stay with us this year. 
Um, I imagine that when it, they were talking last summer, this was probably part of the deal that if he stays with us for another year, we're not going to stand in his way. Uh, and now that time has come and he's absolutely smashed it this year. So, yeah, I, I don't think we can stand in his way. It's an interesting one because I think Daniel Farker would probably laid it out really well ahead of the game at the weekend, which was that, you know, if the right club comes along and if it's somewhere where, you know, a really big club that can afford him <laughs> that's going to make him their first choice player, then, then, then the stars will align. And if it's not that, then it might be a bit tricky. It's really interesting as well, just trying to work out if I've underappreciated him or not um, m- myself, because I don't know if he's, I, I have other performers uh, ahead, but th- then maybe that's just because he's so consistent. He rarely makes a mistake and you just, he's, he's level. And I have to say, Stu, like I remember speaking to Max halfway through his first season and just telling him, look, you've been so consistent. Was this like a deliberate thing to just be this level of con- of consistent and, and he made that point even in his first championship season he just wanted to be that seven eight reliable uh, performance level every week and I think it's so hard to think of a bad game he's had in about three years that is the amazing thing and I think stylistically just just to build on what Fionn was saying I think a move to a club at the real Ill, sort of elite echelons of football or at least sort of approaching that way would be really good for for Max because what he's actually done is he's delivered consistency in the sort of the hard hustle and bustle of the championship, um, and he wasn't bad in his first Premier League campaign either. But because of the style of player that he is, the style of fullback that he is, I think he would benefit from playing at the elite level, where it's more based in technique, where fullbacks maybe even have more latitude to attack and go forward. So. I like it. I, I do, and it's it's really good to hear as well. Like there seems to be a general consensus among Norwich fans that it's like, well, good on him. He's gone and earned this. All the best, son. Like yeah, he, he would go with the the best wishes everyone. So that's a really positive thing. And not just because people appreciate the model, but because it's like you're one of our own. We're really proud of you. On you go. What I will say is, um, and you'll maybe have, have sort of ear to the ground in this, of course, as well. And I, ha- I have sort of like since the rumours come about, sort of spoken to various people, and I think it is quite likely that he might go. Uh, at, from from what I'm hearing, if if the right deal comes along, so if that happens. Even though we're doing this lauding of Max Ahrens, what I would say is I don't think it would necessarily be a bad thing for Norwich City either, because I think we could actually do a fullback of a slightly different ilk, given the type of season that might lie ahead. You know, I think we could maybe do with someone that's a bit taller, maybe a bit more defensive minded. That might suit us better. So all in all, this would not necessarily be a terrible thing for Norwich. And it would be so, so great. I mean, I think it will go for a for a record fee for a player the club has produced through the academy at every level. And that is that that's a fantastic prospect and yet another vindication of the the work that the current executive team have done. Yeah, the fee is a really interesting one. I, I think Norwich won a record fee, so they want probably something beginning with a three. Um, that has another digit after it, obviously. Um, but, uh, you know, you, you do look at the world of football and think, how much money has everyone got? And, and w- where would they spend it? I think it'll really genuinely be fascinating you know who and what and where and and you know obviously Everton seems like an obvious fit and um suggestion but I mean they're already talking about trying to get the price down and I mean maybe that's naturally what will happen but they I don't think they ever said that publicly well they haven't said it publicly I think the other thing is 
it's how much money at the top end of football is actually real. You know, like it's, it's how much of this money is 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 just sort of figures on paper, and and how much do the clubs actually have? You know, exactly. Um, but it's a great it's a great point on maybe the sort of fullback Norwich require in the Premier League compared to the Championship. Um, I actually wrote a piece about that a few weeks ago, which was basically arguing that, um, and I think we probably talked about it on the on the podcast at the time because I had to remember to call him Max Aarons at that point. But um, it was basically saying that keeping Max would end up being one of the would be the worst case scenario in a way because Norwich could actually find a have a have a have a right back who is maybe better um you know set up defensively but that said Daniel Farker has a very particular way of his fullbacks operating so it's hard to see anything too too different um but yeah maybe a bit taller <laughs> but then no uh, we'll we'll see one thing is the recruitment team will always be confident they can replace anyone um so I'm sure they've got that in hand um Flicking across to the other side, Fion, it's a little bit different, isn't it? Because, you know, Xavi Kintia is only playing at the moment because Dimitris Yanoulis is, is suspended and he is uh, definitely a Norwich City player next season, as we've all known for a while. Um, Xavi has an appearance clause in his obligation for Norwich to buy them and he's not going to make it. So it doesn't mean Norwich won't sign him because they may go, mm, you're a kind of a useful backup option. Um and if they don't, obviously, they probably do still need to recruit a left back. So I suppose it's a question of how how much they want to take the easy route, I suppose. And, and we've we've seen we've seen Javi being kind of uh, torn apart a little bit by Ismail Star, but um, by the same token, he was probably a bit rusty. So I don't know how you view all that. Yeah, I mean, I think the the the, the Watford game, yeah, he Sar is in that position. Um, up there with the best players in the league and uh, Xavi hadn't played for a while so uh, plus you know the, the, the whole team was struggling in that game so he wasn't getting the kind of support that he might have had in another game um, yeah it's an interesting one I'd, uh, I, I wouldn't I, I'd be happy to see him back next year um, I think you know he seems to have fitted in pretty well um, and it was nice to see him having a go with that shot on uh, on Saturday um, yeah, just just have a pop. A bit lucky with the the dodgy keeper, but um, yeah, nice to see. And I love this celebration, jumping into the arms of Steeperman. It was very springy. That was lovely to see. Very wholesome. <laughs> it was. Everyone giving him a pat on the back and everything. Um, what do you reckon, Stuart? I mean, uh, is there a similar argument to say that Javi Kintia might be slightly better suited for the for the Premier League? I don't know. Does it does it matter that he's not a tearing fullback and that you know technically he could knit the play together more? That's an interesting one. I hadn't actually thought of it in that kind of context. Uh, maybe in some ways however what I would say is I think it will come down to a couple of things maybe uh, in addition to what you've mentioned which are A what kind of striker are Norwich City going to recruit to bolster what's there already because if you're going to be flinging crosses in sort of towards the back post to Timu Puki then that's not the kind of fullback that you want. But if you bring in a striker where that kind of service is exactly what they thrive upon, then I think Xavi Quintilla would be the right move in terms of bringing him in on, on a permanent basis. But I feel that I feel that stylistically, and especially his tendency to play sort of hierarchical crosses um, with a bit more pace on them, I just don't think has worked for a lot of the season. And maybe he's adapting that a wee bit, but... Yeah, I think that'll be one factor. And I think the second factor is just simply how impressed have the the, the powers that be at the club, coaching staff and, and, and stuff. And I know they obviously have the data analysts as well that, that, that play a big part in, in the way that they assess things. 
how impressed have they been by his output during his time? Have they seen a progression in the way that he's, he's, he's tried to sort of adapt to the philosophy and the, the fundamentals of the way we play? And then are we going to adjust any of those fundamentals ahead of the Premier League season? You've definitely seen a stylistic shift this year compared to the previous championship campaign. That, I think, is with the Premier League next season in mind somewhat. But are we going to see a further shift one way or the other? It's going to be quite fascinating to see. And I think that sort of plethora of things will play into whether we keep Kinti or not. It'll be really interesting how they evolve things next year. I think Dan, Daniel Falk is playing that quite close to his chest. What I know there's a few bits and bobs that are out there, but I don't think it's going to be quite that straightforward when we head into next next season, for sure. And obviously, the one thing we do know is that Dimitri Yanoulis will still be number one next season as things stand, most definitely. Have you got any hypotheses on that in terms of the way it might go one way or the other? Um, whether it's inside or in for just what you uh, think? Which bit? Uh, the bit about like sort of how we might evolve. No, <laughs> no. Like I find I um no. I I still see them being a little bit too open um at the in front in front in front of them maybe for for the Premier League. I, I still I still think they give a few too many chances away. But maybe maybe that's just me being a, having a bit of muscle memory, and that, it's my own hangover from the Premier League. And uh, so sometimes you'll uh, you'll just view it and get a bit. Um, uh, yeah, a bit bit wary of it, but um, ultimately it'll probably come down to personnel. So um, and maybe we'll have to have that Ollie Skip debate at some point uh, later today. Um, but there we go. Anyway, the, the piece is there on the fullbacks from the weekend. I think you probably get pretty short odds on neither Max nor uh, Xavi being at the club next season. But we'll see. There's lots of things to play out, of course. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. Shall we move on to things we are not going to talk about? These are the things that have happened and deserve acknowledgement, but we're only going to acknowledge them by stating how we are not going to talk about them. Make sense? Good. Also, we only have three minutes to do it, which means I need to write down and make sure that we don't go over time. And also, cue the dramatic music, please. Producer Ollie. Right, this week, I am not going to talk about uh, social media blackout, which is taking place from uh, 3 p.m. on Friday until the final minute of Monday night. There will be no social media from any uh, football club um, or, or, uh, or any of you know the FA and the Premier League and all those guys. Um, that is obviously to make a point. I think it's essentially protesting against the, the platforms for the fact that they're not really doing anything. I think it's not necessarily a racism is bad, <laughs> um, which obviously um, case, but more of a, an issue with trying to get the social media platforms to um, do something about it. So um, it will probably be a slightly different weekend to normal, um, especially given Norwich could win the title uh, this, this weekend 
um, which I guess in itself probably um, states um, the the feeling uh, inside the football industry about um, the scenario, the situation at the moment. Um, and another thing I wanted to mention, uh, Stu, you touched on it, the EFL Awards, um, or was it Stu? Maybe it was you, Fion. I can't remember. Sorry, Fion, sorry. Fion. Terrible. Oh, shocking credit. Uh, Fion mentioned it. Uh, Max Ahrens is, um, has also been, uh, been nominated at the EFL Awards, which take place on Thursday evening, remotely, I'm guessing. Um, but also the um, championship player of the year that is going to be decided between uh, Emi Buendia, Teemu Pukki and Ivan Tony. So that will be interesting. Um, uh, of course, we'll also get the championship 11 of the season and the head coach of the season too. <laughs> Can Chris Wilder win it? I don't know. Uh, so that will be exciting to see how that plays out. Uh, guys, uh, what do you not want to talk about? Fionn, you had your finger up. One addition to the EFL Awards, you're forgetting the very important award in League Two, which is Wes Houlihan has been nominated in Oops. League Two. So, yeah, they can they can go up uh, this Friday night, fingers Fantastic. crossed. So, come on, come Wes. On, There's Wes. a piece on Wes, by the way. Read that. Uh, Stu? Yeah, Wes is still absolutely brilliant. Had the pleasure of commentating him earlier this season. Still a mercurial <laughs> genius with the football. Um, I don't want to talk about how good a day it was for Scotland at uh, the weekend because Kenny McLean was in sparkling form in the midfield a um, couple of assists and really um, really just showing what we've spoken about it before that that ability to get into the box and really influence things at the other end um, now and it, it just seems to be so comfortable as a Norwich side player it's great to see and after missing the penalty uh, adopted Scotsman Dykes got his goal uh, to continue his red hot run of form so part of me it, it sort of like that I didn't like the fact that it put the game back in the balance but like once we get the third goal I was like oh this has been the perfect weekend brilliant um, <laughs> I also don't want to talk about um, just the the Grant Hanley challenge. It was it was kind of it was a, it was a bit of a strange one, wasn't it? It was. Um, that was a bit less good for Scotland. <laughs> uh, and yeah, I, I think it was Chris Gorham actually described it quite well when he said that I think it was the fact Willock slowed down that just made it a bit a, a bit sort of difficult. And I think Grant had committed to the challenge, and that's a habit he's going to have to get out of before we go Premier League because that's just going to be. A if anything, he was too quick. Um, so that's grand. Uh, loads of speculation around um, all sorts of players. I really don't want to talk about that. <laughs> if, if something sticks, I'll let you know, yeah. or someone else will let you know. <laughs> but there'll be loads. Of, there's just loads of stuff. Obviously, Norwich are on the on the hunt. There we go. Um, also, a round of applause for the Talk Norwich City guys. Uh, I've written a piece on that as well, which you can read. Aww. Just a phenomenal effort. All 24 hours of it. I, I watched almost all of it i think it felt like it. it's probably about probably about 18 hours of it um but they did a phenomenal job um they looked absolutely dead by the end of it um and i haven't really heard much of them since so hopefully they're okay but um phenomenal effort i do want to talk about that i just want to say like i think that is an absolutely phenomenal thing i was so delighted to be asked to go on and i, I just think the Norwich City fan community were really lucky. There's so many forces for good. And that's, I mean, to do that kind of work on, the, on behalf of a charity um, and provide so much enjoyment to people in a really difficult season, difficult time for the world. Fair play to the lads, man. Huge amount of money they raised as well. Uh, I don't think we've got a final total yet, but I think they were on 20 grand and I think it'll be I think, more I think so it could go up towards near 30 from yeah. what I'm hearing, which is phenomenal. Amazing. Uh, we're well over time, by the way, in terms of the music. So uh, we've gone that. Anything else you didn't want to talk about, Fionn? 
Uh, Pookie's miss. I really don't want to talk about that. Oh, it's such a good move. <laughs> such a good move. And, and I, I tweeted at the time, oh, you know, it's really strange to see him miss a chance like that. And people came back to me and said, you know, he did miss a few like that in the Premier League, actually. And then I got sad. So let's not talk about that and move on, shall we? Oh, no, the Alex Tetty quote is the only other thing. Obviously, he's been speaking to Norway. Um, if he's not had any conversations yet and already has a plan of what he's going to do next season, doesn't sound great. Um, we will see, you know cultural architects you you shed them um you you don't shed them lightly so uh, we'll see but um i expect come the final week or two of the season or maybe next week or the week after we will we'll hear <laughs> one way or the other with both him and mario Francic. um we're all done with those i tell you what let's move on to uh this week's centerfold Now then, uh, there was a piece on The Athletic uh, this uh, weekend. It was on Sunday, in fact, uh, which is after the the Super League debacle, which I'm guessing it's probably officially known as now. And with football in, in a rather introspective mood as a result, there's, there's a piece that went up, which is basically listing some of our suggestions as athletic writers for the one thing we would change about football. Now, I'm quite cynical at this point because I, I can appreciate the introspection, but also thoroughly expect nothing to change, nothing to happen and probably no more than the... Uh, no more than maybe the owners not being allowed on a few Premier League committees going forwards. Um, but um, escaping all that, I did you know, want to ask you guys, Stu and Fionn, what, um, what maybe the one thing is that you would, you would change about football, improve. And obviously for all of you um, out there listening, please uh, feel free to get in touch with uh, the things you would change too, or read the piece because there's loads of comments in there too. But uh, Stu, c- can you even nail it down to one thing you'd change about football? As it is, uh, don't say bring fans back. Um, put some format. I mean, there's a lot of talk of the ownership model that there is in Germany and and that kind of thing. And I think there are certain dangers as well associated with making that a default. But I think this idea that you can have billionaires come in and basically treat clubs as their plaything and as their toy and make decisions that just obliterate 150 years of football history um, and, and I fell swoop if if the the stars <laughs> had, had aligned in a way that allowed them to do that and if there hadn't been such a pushback from so many people, not just fans, because I don't think they care about fans. I think it was the fact that there was pushback from other forces within the game, um, prominent media personalities and such, that was the only reason it didn't happen. But, I mean, take what happened at Man United, just as a quick example. Borrow loads of money, saddle the debt against the club, use it as your economical cash cow, and then try and rip it out of the league for your own ends. Despicable behaviour. Ban every one of them. Good stuff. Can I just say, if, if the, with the 50 plus one model, which is basically effectively giving fans a casting, deciding or an unbeatable vote in, in, in a club's ownership, and that's every club, what do you see as the downsides for that? I just think if, if, you, make, if you make it a default that there has to be, that, that has to be the, the way that it has done, not an option, but a requirement, then what that does is in a time where there's a particular financial sensitivity at all ends of football everywhere, clubs like Berry went out of business, Wigan nearly went out of business in the championship. Um, and then we're finding out that Barcelona and Real Madrid don't actually have the proverbial pot that you use for whatever. Um, then I think that is that, that tells you that there are problems that are endemic at all ends of the game financially. And if you hamstring clubs in such a way 
that they have to be owned a certain way, then that probably doesn't allow the financial malleability that you need to ensure that your club remains solvent. So that is my, my predominant concern with it. But I mean, if you've got it that it's, it's done in the way that it's done in Germany, where there's like an entire structure behind the whole thing, an infrastructure there that is administrated from sort of the top down by the league and, and by the football authority, then that's a different matter. But a whole scale conversion of, of, of that ilk would 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 just be a massive sea change. And I don't see it happening anyway. No, I think it would cause too many problems immediately, certainly. It's interesting, Fionn, isn't it? The Canaries Trust have been very busy and, and then picking up a lot of... Uh a lot of new um, supporters. And I think it's real, it's the whole, the whole situation has, has sort of um, pricked the interest of a lot of supporters, hasn't it? Yeah. In terms of getting involved in that way. Yeah. I think uh, if, if anything good comes out of the last week, it's this sort of groundswell of supporters, you know, both in terms of the ones who turned out at, at Chelsea and Arsenal and other places and or just the reaction online, um, you know, the people, you know saying to their clubs so they didn't the, the you know the the level of feeling that that sort of led to this back out you know was you know combined with all of the the, the reaction of the sponsors pulling out in the government reaction um but i think it's it kind of yeah if anything good comes out of it it's maybe this this sort of solidarity um where yeah we 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 may not be able to get to to sort of 50 plus one as Stuart says we we need to sort of restructure the whole of football um, before that would be possible but you know why not this is the best opportunity we're going to get to to do it now so we really need to to sort of have this fan-led review that they finally said they're going to do um, and actually you know don't do anything until that's been done uh, and then make sure this is a long-term thing that sort of stretches all the way down the pyramid um, and yeah the give give the fans the the sort of the role in that structure however that can work that that means this can't happen again but also means that we can sort out other things you know things that that fans have been complaining about for years but but sort of we've felt powerless about you look at germany they've just managed to get rid of monday night tv fixtures which which is something they've been pressing against for years and they've got rid of it and in this country would would that happen but you know it, it, it's possible you know with a bit of solidarity yeah fans joining supporter trusts supporter trusts getting more more shares in their club more ownership more yep. seats on the board more places in the meetings yeah we need to restructure it so that can happen brilliant yep spot on is there one other thing you were changing football beyond uh, that was mostly my thing. Um, oh, my other thing would be VAR, but yeah, we don't want to get into that. <laughs> Canva. That's for next season. <laughs> oh, what a joy that's going to be. I think we're already all looking forward to it, most definitely. This episode is supported by FX's Welcome to Wrexham. Celebrity owners Rob McElhenney and Ryan Reynolds' small-town Welsh football club has finally been promoted into League Two after 15 seasons in the National League. Dedicated staff and supporters celebrate the team's return to glory while bracing for the newfound challenges that come with being in a higher league. Will Wrexham AFC stand up to the challenge and rise again into League One? FX's Welcome to Wrexham, all new, Thursdays on FX, stream on Hulu. 
As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Okay, let's cue John Motson. This is almost fantasy football. Almost fantasy football. We are recording as we usually do on Monday, but from here on in, there are no midweek games for Norwich or of consequence to Norwich. Uh, therefore... All that's in mind is Saturday's home visit from Reading. So uh, let's paint a picture of the forthcoming seven days, although essentially Saturday. And uh, then you can all laugh at what we've created with the valuable gift of hindsight. Uh, so what do you reckon, guys? Please paint the picture, Stu. Oh, you know, Norwich could be champions. Yeah, they could be. I actually thought you were going to go to the when Saturday comes correspondent first, because like obviously. Oh, that's that true. Yeah, the, no, I've literally that, that would be the, the logical thing segue to segue and failed miserably. So there we go. <laughs> Never mind. Crack on. <laughs> um, I think. Um, I think. I think we will be champions. Uh, I'm quite. Uh, it's, it's kind of weird because obviously with um, all of the situation with the social media blackout and things like that. Um, it's just it, it's kind of weird the way the whole everything all, all the kind of dominoes have sort of aligned at this point, but it's going to be we're going to be champions. It's going to be the culmination of a great season, and uh, I am delighted uh, that we've we've been able to do it again. Um, I, I've not really got much more to add than that. Sorry, that it's quite um, quite quite lacking in energy for me, but well. I mean, it probably does sum up the situation a, a little bit. I mean, we've got Reading um, officially eliminated from the playoff picture at the weekend by drawing. They draw? No, they lose at Swansea. Can't remember. Draw was a draw, wasn't it? Um, and also we've got Watford, who have hopefully been celebrating for a full week. You know, I'm hoping they'll have, you know, at least replicated what Norwich have done and therefore celebrated for half the time there is between their next game. So at least four days, maybe three. I'll give them three. Um, so that would be good. Um, they are also at Brentford on Saturday. Kickoff is at the same time as Norwich. So that, that's quite a lively, show, uh, lively, um, lively time to play. Uh, you, you won't be able to see this because we're recording an audio podcast, but I am wearing the celebration shirt that um, the Norwich team will be wearing. Um, so no betting sponsor on the front. Instead, it's a, a, a green design of the along come Norwich and um Buckley and Project banners and scarves and all lovely stuff which you were involved in, I, I believe, when you Fionn as well. Yes. 
So, um, I mean, they'll, they'll look good in that, won't they? I hope so. Yeah, it should be should be interesting. Hopefully they all recognise each other in this kit like the other kit. Um, <laughs> well, this wondering... is the, will they look the same as the banners on in the pitch? We could have a whole, we need to change these shirts. We look exactly the same as the background. I am interested. If we do if we do win it on Saturday and if we get it after the game, I don't know if that would be the case, what kit we would wear to lift it, whether we'd change into the other kit or whether we'd have special T-shirts or whether we'd have this one. Well, I don't think... Even if they win it on Saturday, that will be an issue. I have a feeling they will wait until the following weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, in terms I of, think that's the plan. In terms of um, handing over Fair the titles. Enough. So that would also solve that problem. It's a very astute point. But uh, I mean, that is a big that is a big moment for, for the EFL to be able to show um, the you know EFL winners, essentially, um, spraying a bit of champagne. Can I just throw like a, 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 a sort of positive vibes to, to Fionn and everyone that's been involved in all these sort of fan initiatives? It's and it's so good to see the club uh, doing something that's that's really recognising that in a kind of formal way. And the the reception and the take up, um, I think they sold out a certain sizes of the shirts is, is absolutely amazing. And it just, do you know, do you know the one thing that's come across to me and the the whole sort of thing that's happening right now is you've obviously got the charity initiative that the boys have done that we spoke about. You've got all these great fan groups. You've got so much positivity around about Norwich City right now. Um, not just because of the way the the, the football team is playing, but just because like what an amazing community of fans and and club and everything and there's like overlaps in so many areas it's just it's an amazing thing and like obviously as an adopted a sort of late adopter of the 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 canary fandom it's just amazing man like i love it and i love being part of this fan base it's fantastic yeah yeah. i think we all appreciate it as well most definitely is there anything in particular we want to see from the game um on saturday Fion, I, I, this almost fil- filters in a little bit into uh, a question, actually, because we did uh, tried a new video feature. If anyone follows um, my, uh, the, the, there are video platforms, and we did. Uh, I did what I've called the green room, which actually works works on two levels. And I hadn't tweaked that when I written, wrote it initially. Um, <laughs> of, of getting uh, getting um, well, it was just myself together, <laughs> literally before the podcast uh, today. But hopefully, we'll try and get um, guests on for just a little preamble before we then go and record, um, so you can watch uh, watch that. Essentially, a green room before we record on the ball. Um, but I, I asked for a, for one question we could ask in the podcast today, and that uh, the one I decided on was from Joe Ord, who asked uh, who our most underrated player of the season would be in terms of a Norwich perspective Fion. So I guess it filters into that maybe in terms of let's have a, let's see if the most underrated player can do something that earns some ratedness. Well, the, the one I'd probably have said is Kenny, but then Stu's already, you know, <laughs> wax lyrical about him uh, already. So yeah. Uh, I, I wouldn't expect us to sort of mix up the team at all. So I don't know if if we'll have anyone coming in off the bench particularly because I, I sort of feel like uh, they they don't particularly want to start messing around with it now. Um, but yeah, Kenny would be my most underrated. But but whether someone who's in the starting lineup can be underrated is a is up for debate. But certainly, I think you know he's not in the shouting for player of the season, and I think in a lot of other teams he would definitely be up there. Yeah, that's a great shout. Um... And it's interesting, I mean, even looking back on things like um, I saw Josh Martin's goal uh, when he came off the bench and scored for within a minute or two against Sheffield Wednesday to equalise, which again, Norwich then went on and won that game. 
you know in the last 10 minutes and though those so many of those little contributions have made a have made a have made what's happened on top of it all possible obviously so um do you have anyone who's particularly under and been undervalued this season Stu? Hey, undervalued and underrated are slightly different so in 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 terms of the and, and me 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 yeah, i you could argue both I think that spell that Jacob Lungi Sorensen played at left back is it happened at a time where we really needed people just to step up and do their bit. Regardless, this was a player that never played that position before, hadn't been bought to play that position, was still acclimatising to a new country, new squad, new team. And he stepped in and he was absolutely brilliant. Like he had some really, really good games and approach the task with like that kind of honesty that you want from sort of every footballer and all right he made like a few mistakes I can think like I was commentating a game against Luton and I think he gave away like a, a free kick that I think there was an argument that wouldn't even have been a free kick but it was the only game where I saw where he was really exposed obviously it was the one that I commentated that's just sod's law but um yeah like that role that he played at that time and it was kind of indicative of a kind of wider thing when the injury crisis was at its worst. That was, it was almost like the the one that you would look at and you would say that that kind of, in some ways, like it set the tone for, for everything else that was going on, the way that he approached that, how good he was at it. And it was that period in the season that has won us the title as opposed to just like finishing second or maybe even like struggling to get in the top two. That period where we absolutely nailed it when injuries were biting and at their worst, and you mentioned Josh Martin, really good. Players stepping up and doing their bit. That's what it's been about this season. And yeah, I, I think the pick of the bunch doing that, just because he did it for the longest amount of time, was Sorensen. Yeah, well said. Well, hopefully Norwich do the business. They only need a point and they might not even need that if uh, if Watford don't win. I think um, Watford have to win for it to um, not be Norwich's title this season, which is a lovely position to be in. So um, I think we should all enjoy that. Uh, but that is time for this week's On The Ball podcast. Uh, if you are yet to, please make sure you subscribe via our podcast player of choice. The pod is available free for everyone on your usual player and add free to subscribers of The Athletic via our app. Leave a review or rating if you get the chance. And if you want to get in touch with any questions or topic proposals, please sing, uh, sling me a direct message on Twitter. The handle is at Michael J. Bailey. In the meantime, a big thank you to our guests tonight. Thank you so much, Stu. Mate, pleasure as always. You know the drill. Loads of luck with the launch as well. Uh, Theon, thank you so much for joining us. Keep well. Enjoy the rest of the season. Thank you, I will. Uh, we'll be back next week at the usual time for another On The Ball in Norwich City podcast from The Athletic. Until then, never mind the danger. And we're clear. Happy days, Stu and Fionn. Welcome to the special club. Are we happy? Uh, rating a 10? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm quite happy. What's that? What's that? <laughs> yeah. Six? Solid nine. Solid nine from Fionn. That's what I'm talking about. Uh, welcome My to happiness has actually just gone up two notches. I've just seen a photograph of you, Michael.
<laughs> well revealed yes welcome to wits end welcome all you twitterkers uh, if any of you have stumbled across this for the first time and wondering what on earth's going on on the ball podcast number 42 went live on september the 8th it's all there you can email this part of the podcast directly please do twitterkers at icloud.com or you can use the hashtag twitterkers twitterker twitter k-e-r-s twitter k-e-r-s on um twitter use the hashtag i just don't explain what it refers to because it's a secret club uh so um let's go straight into that shall we uh Stu? We, we've been running a little thing um in terms of pictures of you at football matches generally in the background although um i finally found the picture of me at the playoff final which was me being picked out of a crowd of thirty-five thousand and then ending up in the newspaper um mm-hmm. So fairly ridiculous, really. Uh, and I, I, yeah, so I shared that because I found it. But um, some others have, have, have found those screen grabs and, and pictures where they've been in the background of goals and what have you, which is which is always great to see. So, uh, Fionn, well, have you had many of those? I mean, you're the one sort of taking the pictures, I suppose, of your ground visits. But have you been in the background of any Norwich goals? Yeah, or? The, the, the best one is um, uh, when we went up at Charlton from League One, uh, Michael Nelson scoring that header uh, in front of the away end, and yes. uh, and on the on the TV replays of that goal, I somehow managed to end up with a ticket right behind the pillar, bang in the middle of that away end at Charlton. The one pillar in the away end, and I was behind it. Uh, so so when uh, when there's one of the replays, you can see someone sort of stepping out into the aisle to look round the pillar at the goal, and then the goal goes in, and then I sort of start down the stairs. So that's yes. that's my claim Brilliant. to fame on that. That, that is that famous goal. That is wonderful. That was a famous goal as well. Um, there are definitely, there, I'm, I'm pretty sure I've missed one because I'm sure someone sent me a picture and they were in, they were in the background of about three or four different um, pictures. And now I can't find it. So I'm going to try and find that next week because it was definitely someone who said, oh, they knew where their seat was and they ended up being in the background of about three different goal pictures. So, um, so I've, I've actually got a wee story, um, kind of like that. That's what so we're talking I went about. To watch, I went to watch uh, Celtic play Barcelona at the new Camp. I found oh. out I wasn't, I was living in Paris at the time, found out I wasn't working and just like went, oh yeah, let's get a flight. I had a lot more money then than I do now and did nothing <laughs> sensible with it. Um <laughs> Things like ad hoc trips to the new camp, and like I went and I, I got my seat and I went to my allocated seat. And I was, like, I don't know if you've ever been to the new camp, but I was like in the bottom bowl behind the goal, which is actually where all like kind of near where the ultras are and stuff. And I thought my view's rubbish, right? So, like, after at half time, what I did was I actually just like climbed like the whole of the new camp to the very top tier. And then, like, when you sit up there, as well as getting severe bouts of vertigo, you look down, and it's like, it's almost like, see if you ever played football manager back in the day, and it was a 2D view, where you're just looking down on little dots on a football pitch. Oh, yeah. That's what it was like. But see, in terms of, if you're a bit of a tactics geek, I'm not saying I'm Michael Cox, obviously. Um, he's, he's the man with that stuff. But, like, it, it gives you such a good kind of, analysis of the game because it's almost like you're just watching wee chess pieces sort of moving around a board it's really really cool 
Um, but aye, that's like seat hopping during the one game, which um, apologies to the security staff um, at FC Barcelona for, um, for doing something that was probably a bit reprehensible. But aye, um, that's me. Um, in terms of pictures of me at football games, all I'm going to say is I'm quite glad none of them <laughs> seem to have seen the light of day yet. So let's yet. keep that the case. Someone, someone's got them and uh, you know they may come out when someone needs some money. Um, mm. I, I can't find, I'm going to, I'm going to try and make that, um, I'm going to try and make that point to find the message I got, which had, it was about three or four different images um, of someone um, at, at Norwich game. So I'm apology, apologizing because <laughs> I'm always apologizing to someone on Wits End um, we, and hopefully I'll, I'll find them. <laughs> can we talk about the image of you? Uh, if you want, yeah, go that. for it. Go um, I, right, so what I want to know is, like, what, what kind of birds were you keeping with, with that hat that you've got on, that kind of bonnet that you've got in your head? Like, I mean, did you did you have pigeons at the time? Or, like, <laughs> I mean, what, what, what was your aviary, like, uh, looking like at, the, at that point? Uh, yeah, quite. Well, look, it's a great it's a great Norwich City farmer cap. So it's like a you know, Norwich City a flat cracker. cap. What, what, what more would you like? I've probably still got it somewhere. Um, I, th- I would like, do you know what I want to happen, right? So see that ground, um, forgive me for forgetting the name for you on that you were at uh, near near Lawden. Um, yes. oh, Nor- Norton Athletic. Right, I want you to get that cap out, Michael, and go to a Norton Athletic game. That That's what <laughs> I want to happen. Like, And if you can do that, then I think you should take a picture, send it to Fionn, and she can put it on her ground top account. There you go. Okay. It, w- well. it would fit in there because it's on a farm. That would be the perfect thing to do <laughs> Beautiful. Synergy. We, we've we've that uh, that's a roadmap of activities i'll see if i can find the hat and then we'll try and uh, we'll try and work it through uh, someone will probably suggest i should wear the hat to the barnsley game or something stupid so um, we might have a few things to do it's all right mate i would there. never compromise your professional etiquette like that yeah, but, um... there's, there's none of that don't worry um twitterkers.co.uk the outstanding website um i talked up the fact that it had like 65 plus days since we last lost obviously because i think since then we've norwich have lost twice so it's now uh, it's now a spinny motorbike um uh, picture and only five days since norwich last lost the game but we should probably take that uh, a wonderful gif of the week which i'm sensing is going to be a recurring feature as well so keep an eye out for that um we were also asking for well i was asking for an um for an ollie skip song because you know surely norwich fans would have had a song for ollie skip by now uh, i did have an email um, and Anthony Steele sent that in. Anthony, well done. I think you've won the record for quickest time it's taken me to read out someone's email after they sent it, because normally it's months. Um, but he says, hi, Michael, first time, uh, long time, first time and all that. Uh, I had an idea a few weeks ago for the Ollie Skip song, which what uh, while watching another commanding Skip midfield performance, you know the ones where he just covers every blade of grass and just wins everything. Uh, like me, it's pretty simple, but therefore also hopefully catchy to the tune of Fleetwood Mac everywhere. Now, I had to actually, uh, confession here, go and listen to the song because I I don't know it by its title, (laughs) which is a problem I have with a lot of songs. Um, But it goes... Oh, ah. (laughs) Ollie Skip is mm -mm everywhere. I probably guessed the word I've missed um, there, but that's it. And then just repeat that. So um, I think that... What do you reckon, Fionn? Um, chant terrace op- possibly need some work but there could be something in that <laughs> to be fair that's probably me and, and my rendition of it so apologies for that Anthony I liked it I, I like it and I think that would that would stick um, but that's probably the only time I'm going to rehearse it what do you reckon Stu 
Mm, well, you being a former musician, mate. Um, as, yeah, as, Paul Lambert, that. as Paul Lambert pointed out at that press conference many moons ago, uh, <laughs> then I, I think um, I, I think that was I think that was decent. Uh, but I don't think you'll be getting on the Voice next year. No. Um, what, can can I leave a site review? Because everybody else that's sort of kind of on this fairly regularly has got a site review. Well, I don't know. Up I don't and... know if you can ask for them. Oh, but yeah, right. if you say something, am I breaking a rule? If you say something controversial. Then, um, then, then Charlie's pretty good at picking up on it. <laughs> right. Well, Charlie and um, to like Callum and anybody else that uh, has involvement in this magnificent thing, I would just like to say that this site is one of my favourite things that emerged during the horrific year for the world that was 2020. Oh, That's my review. There you go. Well done, Hodgie um we'll have to see if that makes the cut i'm not i'm not in control of this website i'd certainly plug it enough um anyway uh thank you again for your for your email anthony uh, he's in dubai so um what a lovely place to be that is um I'm, i suspect i've never been um so that's grand um if you've got any other ollie skip song suggestions get them in before you know he's not a norwich player anymore um if he ever was uh so that's grand um I think we're all done unless anyone's got any other business for um, Wits End. Any burning issues? Looks like my Wi-Fi is about to give up as well. So I think in that case, we shall move on and uh, move on to our, our the rest of our lives, which is probably a good place to, to go. Um, remember the email address, twitterkers at icloud.com if you want to get in touch with us or uh, the twitterkers hashtag. Uh, but that's it. Uh, time is up. Thank you so much, uh, guys. Thanks again, Fionn. Pleasure. We'll see you again soon, I hope. Yep. Stu, loads of luck again. Have fun. I no, can't wait. Nice to meet you, Fionn. Look forward to speaking to you again. And Michael, hasta la próxima, my friend. Yep, all of that and more. Um, but that is it. We are done. Thank you all for listening. As always, we'll see you next week. Until then, that's a rope. The Athletic. <laughs>